Okay. So now we're going to do intro number two. <sighs> this is so tough today. <laughs> <laughs> everyone welcome back and welcome back to another episode of as woo woo as you want with celine and jeremiah hello 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 we hope everyone's doing okay um happy new year really yeah oh <laughs> <laughs> oh you're right mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. happy new mm-hmm. year um we're really excited to share part two yes. of our conversation with Abdi Asadi. Yep. Um, the one and only. Uh, one and we only. hope everyone has uh, in, been enjoying the first part of it. Yep. And uh, we really loved it. I can't wait to re-listen to it. Same. And you want to add anything, Celine? No, I don't want to add anything. I think they like really speak for themselves. <laughs> they speak for themselves. Yeah. So without further ado, part two. Okay. Of Abdi Asadi's interview with Celine and Jeremiah on As Woo Woo As You Want. Okay. Yes. I keep thinking of Black Mirror. Sorry. <laughs> the Black, Black Mirror? Yeah, yeah. Just. Go ahead. No, I, I, that's it. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you know the show, but. Um, Mm-mm. Oh. oh. I mean, I've heard of it. I haven't seen it. It's basically like the Twilight Zone, but in the 21st mm-hmm. century. Oh, I love it, man. And Twilight Zone was a shit. Yeah, and it's it's called Black Mirror, and it's, it's pretty good. The content is a, pretty good. Is yeah. you guys it? I'll check it out yeah, on your recommendation. Check I'll yeah. check it out. If not, I'll come kick both your asses. Um, <laughs> so, Twilight Zone was a shit. Why was Twilight Zone so amazing? I used to watch it so much as a kid, um, because it suspends our disbelief, and also offers up the fact that this reality is not as solid as we think it is. So the relief in it is the fact that it actually shows you the possibilities. People go like, yeah, but it's crazy. And, you know, who's got pig noses in those, you know, all these episodes It's like, no, no, but it's actually pointing to something that's so, so deep by examining people's belief systems, which is totally, what was his name? The original guy um, that made, um, doesn't matter, that made, start with an S, that made the, made the series. You know, his whole thing was to take people's perceptions and turn it around. Yeah. You know, like would really just relate people's perceptions and judgments and show it to them through some kind of really out there scenario. Right. So that's something we need to do for ourselves. We need to kind of turn it around for ourselves. You know, I just for me, like you talk about Black Mirror, for me, like I just look at people. You know what I mean? I'm in nature a lot and I look at animals and, you know, I find animal skeletons because I'm always trekking through the woods and like some really gnarly looking things. And I'm just like, Wow, like we are pretty ugly, right? When you look at human beings, like we're just a mouth with these nasty teeth, just like these crazy animals that chews everything, goes down these intestines and shits it out. Huh. Like we actually step back from like what we are. We're so hypnotized into what we think we are. We don't actually have an actual dialogue with reality. Mm. You know what I mean? Everything's taken for granted, and that's the function of hypnosis we have to take certain things for granted to function in culture you can't just like think about all these things all the time if you got to make a living or you have kids right right you can't do that but a little bit of that is actually really really helpful so the reason people like shows like that because it actually gives a little break 
to the solidity, which is not real, of what the culture peddles you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? And the culture now has become so potent that way where you actually don't have that relationship anymore. Right? So for me being a kid in third world countries, it's like you saw the cow that gave you her milk. You saw the chicken they were going to kill. And you can decide, like, I can't fucking eat chickens because that's really sad what they do. Or like, yeah, that's really nasty. I love chickens. Whatever. Then I remember coming here in the 70s, you know, mid-70s in New York and just, like, loving it, like being in these supermarkets and just this is so great. There's such abundance. And then being like, wow, all the meat is packaged, all the milk is packaged. Like, no one is connected to where these things come from. Yeah. Right? The dissociation was so amazing. Then I look from then to now where people even dissociate from themselves, right? Like most of my friends can't take a dump without a phone in their hand. Mm-hmm. So even the most base, <laughs> basic human function is detached. You know what I'm saying? Like you're in these large third world countries, you got to squat to use a toilet back in the day anyway. You know what I mean? There was no toilet. Like you were like really had to, for me anyway, I had to concentrate. I didn't want to fall in the hole. So like <laughs> yeah. you're really sitting there squatting and like, wow, boy, this is going to be rough. You know, like it's a different experience. You're embodied. I mean, people sit on the floor, eat with their hands. I'm not saying it's right, it's wrong. You're embodied. We're so disembodied that way. We're so disembodied on that level. So, again, that bringing this back all around, like you want to break that hypnosis. Embodiment actually helps break that hypnosis in some ways because it puts you in touch with the 2 million-year-old you as opposed to 200-year-old you. Right? So this is that piece that's so, so important. And all the times when we actually love certain things, we're doing it. Like you're really present when you love Black Mirror. You might be watching it, but you're actually present, right? Your mind's not wandering around. Mm-hmm. You're like watching it. That's the beauty of these joyful things. They force us in a moment in a way that's just so amazing. The trick is to take that and apply it elsewhere. Mm-hmm. So just not there, but also just be like, you know what? And I'm not joking, like three out of five days when I'm going to go to the bathroom, I'm just going to sit there without a phone in my hand. Yeah. I've thought about too. that too. <laughs> but it, it, it's it's a prompt. Yeah. It is because it all, and remember, again, mm-hmm. if people forget this, like you got the most bright minds working on keeping you hooked. Those are yeah. basic, way refined ways of how they kept people gambling on gambling machines. Yeah. Elevated and downloaded so you can't leave. Yeah. So all the ways, how the heart is, how the like button is, it's all, the game is so rigged because you're the commodity. But the you that's the commodity is the ego you, not the, they got no room for your spiritual self. You, that's dangerous. So right? what Again, do you think of like the future? Mm-hmm. What do you... You know, I love the like down to earth, like, you know, everything's a commodity. We're not in touch with ourselves, but like... Do you feel hopeful that as a society and a culture we could get there? Or do we necessarily have to just... What's the relationship, I guess, between suffering and pain mm. through enlightenment? Like, mm. what, do you, what are your thoughts on That's that? That's a beautiful question. Well, the future thing, I was really involved with the future piece and you know, being intuitive and reading it. Yeah. So just on a, from an intuitive level... Things are changing so fast. Mm. A lot of things that even 10 years ago I could intuit um, now will change. Like literally the three of us can have this conversation and can change the trajectory of our lives. It's that powerful now. So that's one thing just about intuitives and psychics and all that. Mm. 
The second thing is that I really gave up the cultural aspect of looking at it because it took me out of the moment. Mm. So the third thing is I've actually given up hope because I realize hope is what's really bastardizing my experience of what is. Now, mm. we are really attached to our pain. Now, going through pain and suffering, suffering is part and parcel of this. Pain is the unresolved issues of ego wounding. Mm. Suffering, everyone's got suffering. Right. Pain is actually volitional in that you can actually do something about it by doing the deep psychological work. Suffering is suffering. Right. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just a thing of this level. And no matter what you do or how good you do or whatever, suffering comes to everyone. You know, my father just died last week who oh, I'm sorry. had a horrendous, no, it's all good, had a horrendous um, childhood and in the most beautiful way took that horror and he worked for UNICEF for, you know, 45, 50 years. Like, this man saved, changed millions of people's lives. Mm -hmm. The most really, and it was a really beautiful, gentle soul. For, for all his shit, he was like a beautiful guy. Um, he had the most horrendous death. It was like <laughs> something that he always had fear around. I tried to get him to work around it. He couldn't do it. It was a year and a half of a nightmare mm -hmm. and then a year of like a really nightmare. And the reason I'm sharing this is not to bum you out. It's just that... Here's a guy. He really was a good guy. He did a lot of good things. Yeah, he was even a suffer. Like, yeah, some of us are lucky we die in a car accident on our deathbed, but a lot of us die like this. Yeah. And people were like, well, he was quite a great life. You know, he'd help people. Yeah, you still suffer. Well, he lived a full life like, man, that year and a half, like, holy shit. Holy shit. Mm. So a lot of the times we live a certain way thinking we're going to be exempt from that. Yeah. That's why I bring that up. We're not. We're all going to suffer, right? It's like the suffering piece is a part of it. Now, taking that stuff out, the way we, it's not written what's going to happen. It can go one of two ways. Either this thing will actually break down and people will break down with it and some people will wake up, as always the case, mm. or it can change really quickly. What is disheartening is the level that people are not willing to wake up because We've been given a bunch of opportunities globally in these waves of consciousness that come in. I've just watched it. You know, 91 was one of them. We have these opportunities. Yeah, yeah. A bunch of people kind of got it. And then this culture is very strong, mm. right? It knows how to keep people asleep. It's not a coincidence that psilocybin is a Schedule One drug, same as morphine or heroin or what have you. Like, how's that possible? Yeah, it's wonderful. They're doing research now and they want to bring it back out. But how's that possible? Because culture is not your friend. Yeah. Culture wants to keep the game going. That's its only function. Yeah. So unless we break away from that internally a little bit, like the stuff that's happening in this country now with this patriotism stuff, it's wild. Mm. Right? When, you, when I tell you about Oklahoma and people are walking around with slinging guns around them, those are archetypes they're living through, but they don't realize the archetype owns you. Right. You want to be a gunslinger, which is a whole bunch of bullshit anyway, when you're really about the story of the Wild West. It wasn't like that. Those are stories. It wasn't like everybody was strapped and was Billy the Kid. You know what I mean, it wasn't like that. Yeah, the army went and wiped out everything, but like the average person wasn't. We're living these archetypes without being aware of it. So then when you get these psychopaths that come and stir everything up, we have all these politicians that do that on all sides. No. Right? And like no one wants to admit, like it's on all sides. Mm. Right? It's not just Trump saying this. When... Uh, Clinton says basket of deplorables. These are people up here that I live with. They're not deplorable, but they heard that. So what does that give them? That gives them ammunition. That gives them ammunition to do the same thing that someone in New York City does. 
it gives them ammunition because they're against something they believe in. Right. Women's rights or whatever. So like that doesn't bode well for what's coming. And when you try to sort out the shadow externally, it's always a disaster. Because I've lived in a country in Nigeria in the 60s where literally it's overnight. I'm not saying it's going to be civil war here, although that's definitely a possibility and that's not a heartwarming thing. But it changes immediately because once the projection becomes unmoored, you go wild because there's the aspect of yourself you haven't accepted. You hate that in yourself. That's why you repressed it, but it's weakness, whatever. You project it on someone else. And now once that social norm gets disrupted, then anything goes. So what do you do? You want to kill it in someone else. Right? It's like a very literal thing. So part of it when you ask me that, Celine, is we got to do our work. Like we can do whatever, but at the end of the day, the story is do the work. Well, um, oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I, I wonder, too, in terms of, you know, if we are all on this, you know, in this collective mm -hmm. earth, you know, mm -hmm. with all our energies, like, how much are, you know, part of me is sort of like there's a part of all of us that's a willing participant in all of this kind of bullshit that Absolute, we're doing. Absolutely. So it's absolutely. like, what do you absolutely. feel about um, sort of like energetic dimensionalities of... Oh, I'm with you. I mean, people are already living in other dimensions. If you want to talk about it that way, yeah, people well, are already doing that. Well, <laughs> well, well the, the only well, that's a great point. The only way to do that is to actually sort this out first. That's the one thing about yeah, this. Right. Like one of the things I realized, because I really like... When I had my Kundalini stuff, I was shown a lot of things. Mm. And I actually had to shut it down because it was hard to like, you know, this is an acupuncture. So you got to be present when you're working on people. I really had to like shove it down. But it was a bunch of years where I was seeing a lot of things. Mm. And A, I didn't want to go to Bellevue. So I was like, yeah, you can't show me all this stuff. But mm. reality, as you know, or anyone who's done any kind of, had a Kundalini experience, who's done any kind of medicine understands, it's way wilder and weirder. So to your point, exactly. The best analogy I can give you is that the three of us go to a movie and you guys are like, you got to come to Black Mirror. The premiere is coming out now. It's a movie. <laughs> it's, we should really all go see it and we all go. And then, you know, me and Jeremiah on our phone and you, Celine, are like, what the fuck's wrong with you guys? Watch the movie. Watch the one. We're like, shut up, Celine. So we do this whole thing. So we all agreed to go to the movie. That's incarnation. We all thought it'd be really cool. That's incarnation. Then as a soul group, which is the three of us, like two of us are not playing the game. But the agreement on the other side was like, hey, we're gonna all go and watch this movie, have this great experience, and come and have a nice dinner and we'll go home. That's sort of like what incarnation is on some level. Mm. So that's like the light, short, sweet, bubbly version of it. But we also can get stuck. We can also get stuck. So what the uh, Eastern Indians call vasanas, these body-mind tendencies, these are just habitual responses that get toned up lifetime after lifetime. So we identify as a healer or a killer or a lover or we're jealous or we're afraid of the dark. Like they really get more and more open. We have to loosen that knot in order to do these frequency jumps you're talking about. Huh. Yeah. And a lot of people confuse being on medicine for a second, which is really being on an anesthetic. Right? So you have a bum knee, you, you get a couple of shots of cortisone, and then you go play a killer game of whatever you're playing. Once that thing wears off, man, you're back to limping. Mm. And you actually will limp worse. Because now you also damaged yourself because you were playing on a thing that was trying to tell you. So hmm. a lot of what I'm seeing these days, people keep talking about frequency rises. I don't see it. Hmm. And I'm not saying that as being an asshole. Like I'm into shamanic paths. I spent 30 years studying it. 
I sat in the gazillion ceremonies of all kinds of different, I don't see it. I don't really, very few people I see do these things and shift, right? So then yeah. therapy, psychotherapy, do a lot of people do that, not shift. So it's a tremendous amount of work. So it's not written. It's like we all apply and we do part and parcel. Now, that's the negative side or the sad part. The positive side I can tell you is that people are doing the work. Mm. There's just this rash of waking up that I've seen for the last 10, 12 years. It's wild. Yeah. yeah. And the funny thing is, a lot of it's people who don't have any spiritual background, which I love. So they don't have some kind of crazy spiritual language to put it into. Yeah. Right. You know, it's like Joe Blow. Like, oh, I was freaking working at IBM. And then next thing I know, Vishnu sitting on my lap. I don't know Vishnu. I have to look up <laughs> the damn thing. And it's like a blue thing. It's like kissing my forehead. And then these lotus flowers that come on my heart. And I love everyone. And just my dead <laughs> father came. It was blessings. It's just like, cool, man. Oh, oh. yeah. <laughs> right? So yeah. that part. End of the day, we're all going home. End of the day, we're already or home. Or we are all home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just we forgot. So that's right. also the problem. But if I tell you you're already all home and you get that letter from the patient that you got you shouldn't treat and now she's suing you and then the next letter is from the IRS that so you owe $10,000 back pay yeah. and the next thing is like your clinic mate is going like, yeah, I'm actually not going to pay rent this month. That's really hard to remember this stuff. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's just yeah. so easy, like, in this space of openness. We need both. Yeah, you need to balance. Yes. Yeah. And all that stuff is actually grist for the mill in that all those, quote, unquote, unfortunate things for the ego, if approached correctly, are the things that actually soften it. Mm. Right. No one says, wakes up when it was like, this is great. I'm going to let all this go and just soften and remember my higher frequency stuff. Never. <laughs> <laughs> Never. I know. Always like a cartoon, right? Like a cigar yeah. blows up in your face and you got the burnt nose and you're like, ah, crawling with your pants all ripped. Like, that's usually how it rolls. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Did that answer your question? That's it. Mm. I mm. think, yeah, you know. Mm. I just think well, about get, that too. Well, it's important that, you know, we got to give a shit on some level, right? And yeah. you they do like you look what you do for a living like you care and you love as long as it doesn't become a shtick as long as you realize for example as a healer mm. i'm just writing this little brief like almost like a pamphlet for these beginning healers there's so many new healers now there are a lot of people that are getting called to be healers mm. that might be you know whatever body workers reiki astrology they're not they don't necessarily don't have the training that me and you had but they're getting called to be healers and some of them are very powerful and one of the things that I'm talking about in, in it, as I tell all the people that I've taught healing, is like, you just have to remember your enlightenment is interintwined with your patients. You're not there to save them. Yeah. That's a way asinine attitude, which, you know, it's a very medical, patriarchal attitude. Yeah. I, no, you are my slave. You will, like, no. <laughs> but as long as that's a memory of understanding. Uh, Abdi? Right? The first thing I teach people, the second thing is like, no one wants to wake up. That's the other thing. People always like, Oh, you're such an old goat. So you've done this for a long time. What's your experience? I'm like, yeah, people will come. They'll make an appointment, pay you a lot of money. They still don't want to know. Yeah. Just remember that will save a lot of like pain down the road. Yeah. Right? It's like That's that part's also really, really important. Yeah. Like in our own selves. You know what I mean? What, what part of me doesn't want to know? What part of me is happy with the shtick? I mean, I think that's where I'm at in my process. You know, like where am I, how honest with where I'm at in my spiritual Mm. path am I really? And am I 
willing to go there and let mm. go of the, you know, my, my little crutches and the things I do. And, you know, I, um, that's over the last, after, after I went to that workshop, I went to this worship workshop two weeks ago in Boulder to do an esoteric workshop. And it just really made me reevaluate mm. really the authentic, the authenticity of not that I ever thought I was like bullshitty, but mm-hmm. you know, I'm like, you know, I don't know. I could probably not drink coffee and eat meat. And like, you know, I probably should meditate more. And like, that would make me be a bigger, more authentic version of myself. I think. Sorry, but that was when, like very personal of me. To no, say. I like it. But if you want to share it, I mean, we can get into it. So it's very interesting what you're saying, right? You can, I know I have in my own self, in my past, being an addict when I got sober at a young age. So my addiction kept going. So I would do things like that, not drink coffee, not eat meat, do stuff. Yeah. That can still be a shtick. Right. Okay. right. So it's a fine line between letting it come up and then doing it slowly mm. and just having awareness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, some people really can have strong livers, you know, this from Chinese medicine. They yeah. can drink and cups be fine. Some people, their liver isn't as strong. They drink coffee, wax them out. We can then gauge it. If we can just start observing without judging, mm. that shifts everything. Because a lot of the times we jump out. I mean, it's a given world full of shit. So as long as we all start from that, like we, all of us, I don't care where you are on a spiritual path, like there's going to be an aspect of you that's full of shit. We're going to laugh about it. Because when you laugh about it, then it's not protected. Then I'm not protecting it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then you can be like, hey, Abdi, you're full of shit. I'm like, no, what are you talking about? I'm perfect. But I'm just, when I say I'm full of shit, then you can say, I'm like, yeah, we can laugh about it. Mm-hmm. So give it some room. Yeah. Right? Give it some, like, okay, so these things. Now, which of these things is something that's a thing? Like, okay, just for three days, don't drink coffee just to see what it feels like. You'll get a headache. You're going to feel like shit. You're going to be a little bit more clear, a little bit more tired, just to see what it's like. Right. Dip the Not toe. That, yes. Dip, dip the toe just dip to see toe. what your consciousness is doing. Remember, what we're after is not being hypnotized. Right. So whatever the thing is, but remember again, the ego is an amazingly tricky beast. It can use anything to keep the hypnosis going. <laughs> yeah. You know? And it's like, look, now I'm not drinking coffee. And I agree. Now I get to judge every deplorable. It's right. like, <laughs> yeah, that wasn't quite the point there, buddy. You're like, back off there. Oh, I love uh, that. So we, we, all, we all have that aspect. But it's also just letting it go. But like, that's, a, that's another thing, by the way, right, with the Kundalini stuff or the medicine stuff. Yeah. People get stuck in this place of, like, it's all a dream. It's fun. It's like, ah, not quite either because that becomes really dangerous. Yeah. Because it's all your hand. Like, if you stab it, that's your hand you're stabbing. Like, it's all a dream. Let me put a knife through my hand. It's like, mm, put that knife in there. See how that works. <laughs> no, it, it's, it's like it's neither either, neither both. You know that the four negations? I always forget my dyslexic self. Mm-hmm. But it's the four negations. Not this, not that, neither either. Oh, they're both. Mm. So the four negations is just a way to get your mind not to say this is how it is. Mm. Always want to be in the uncertainty, but not uncertainty as anxiety. Uncertainty is just keeping the ego a little bit in that loose sand so it can't fortify itself. I love that. That's great. I mean, not for, this, yeah. not that, neither, either, neither, both. Yeah. I th- right? you know, Selena and I both took philosophy as our as our uh, oh, yeah. in, in college. Oh, wow. <laughs> and uh, I just, I love paradox. Like for me, mm-hmm. that always, mm-hmm. anything that was paradoxical, I was like, that's, that's what's the truth for me. Mm-hmm. You know? So that's such so. a big revelation, right? Like yeah. a lot of things. Oh, obviously we love. Paradoxes are the truths and the contradictions is just, 
Yeah, that's beautiful you just said. That's beautiful you said. That's such a powerful truth, actually. Like, and and the truth itself is a paradox. That's what absolutely. Right? Yeah. So it's infinite regress. I mean that that's like for me. It's like okay. So that that's the limit. That's when you start. You know, in in yes. my path, and this is what you know. I, I brought this up in the, a podcast too, where um, I went to grad school for philosophy, and after doing that and starting my meditation practice, that's when I realized. You know, like you were talking about with the two hundred year old brain versus the mm -hmm. million year old body, mm -hmm. that was the limit. Mm. I, I had beautiful. scratched the limit. I was like, ah, my brain yeah. can get this far. It can yeah. be very brilliant on a certain level, but there's a deeper understanding here. And that doesn't, that doesn't come from thinking. Yeah. I love it. You know, it's like I always think about it. It's like you can't – you're either in the water or out of it. Like that's sort of what, what the truth is. Like you can't tell a fish what it's like to be on dry land. And you can't really imagine what it's like walking on the bottom of the ocean without apparatus on you. You can get really close to it. Like you can go down there for a little bit. And this is a very interesting thing in terms of the Big Bang, right? They can keep going like to point oh, 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 whatever seconds because uh, to before it happened. Because before Big Bang is the truth that we're really looking for. It's like the wholeness, the oneness. Big Bang is duality. Big Bang is when consciousness became conscious of itself. So what we're looking for is we're trying to be dry, but we're in the ocean, yeah. right? And like that's the feeling of it. Like how do you do that? You can only get to a certain level with the other part is that you actually just have to let it flow through you and that part that's the grace part that's another thing as these egomaniacs we all are we're like we don't believe in grace and grace is like some new agey thing we think christ is going to come from the heavens and give us grace it's not like that grace is just full surrender mm. but it's literally like a magnetic beam when you get to a certain level that just pulls you like even certain behaviors just fall off you're like that's weird certain things that were before like aspects of nemesis you know they don't just doesn't just just kind of drop off of you and it's not something i'm like i did this this happened yeah it's just the act of surrender so again going to celine your question like well, where do you see it going like unless there's some kind of communal surrender there'll just be more pain because ultimately the end game is to wake up yeah and i mean and it's not and yes these are dreams and we're not these bodies and i also have that awareness that there's not as much anxiety but you know the thing i always say like yeah i know this is a dream but i've spent all my adult life, really from being just over being a teenager, to help nightmare. Because my experience as a kid was like, wow, this thing can be really ugly. So just because it's a dream doesn't mean we roll back. Some people do, and that's fine. They're in their little whatever. Ravine or do anything, and not a judgment. That's their thing. For me personally, it's like, at the minimum, don't have a nightmare. Right. Waking up, whoa, that's a tall order. But at the minimum, stop having a nightmare. And if you stop having a nightmare, you won't make a nightmare for other people. Because uh -huh. that's the other aspect of that. That's if you're having a nightmare, you, everything around you is going to turn into a nightmare because you're mm -hmm. functioning from that reality. Yeah. That's the greed thing. That's the, you know, all the vices that we all can have, right? Which all comes from fear, like fear and love. Again, these things that we all know, but how do they apply in our daily life? It's like nice to talk about this for a couple hours. But what do we do with this? Mm -hmm. Literally, the intention is like, I'm going to wake up. Yeah. You know what I mean? But... It is an isolating process. Is that Bukowski line? I always love saying that, you know, not again, that's some alcoholic, whatever, he's like end all profit. But, you know, people who live on a fringe of society definitely have an ability to break their hypnosis in a way that the rest of us don't because we play it safe. Yeah. yeah. And his whole line was isolation is the gift. I mean, like you get lonely and it's horrible, but then you realize that's actually the gift. Mm -hmm. And what did I think the book you wrote? 
lonely sometimes. That's the book he wrote it in. Like it was one of those things that can talk about paradox. Just like the whole book was like, oh man, this really sucks being lonely. Oh, it's the gift. You're like, wait, how? Like, yeah, I, I get that. Right? Again, what we were talking about earlier, like as this kind of process deepens, it's sometimes you miss that sense of community. You miss that aspect of connecting with people. But then the other part is like, yeah, but you can't do it fakely. Right? Yeah. You can't be in a situation, it's not go to a dinner where you don't want to be there and like, just so you're there, you're going to feel even more lonely. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Do we solve all the universe's problems and we're we all did. good? Now? We we're, fixed we're, it. We're awake. We're yeah, done. We're, 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 done. we're done here. <laughs> um, I'm kidding. I read this really, it's funny. I read this amazing study came out last week in the University of Ireland. So they studied narcissists and they found that narcissists are actually really happy. They're like happier than non-narcissists. Oh. And I'd love to see what their parameters of happiness was. I couldn't quite find that yet. I'm going to dig up to it. But it would make sense, right? In a narcissistic culture, yeah. if you're a narcissist, which is really like being a sociopath on some level, and people go like, yeah, well, we're all narcissistic. No, no, real clinical narcissism, part of it is a lack of empathy because there is such um, awareness of self in an unhealthy way that you don't realize. So again, the myth of narcissism, that's what he did. He spurned people's love because he was in love with himself. So the love of others would get spurned. But like, it would make sense, right? Mm. Like, yeah. they're happy people. But what that means is they're so involved in that self-involvement, they're still going to have to pay. Like, I've seen narcissists towards the end of life. Boy, is it a bummer. Oh. Because when things start falling apart, how handsome you were, how beautiful you were, how yeah. cool, how witty, as the mind starts failing, if you live a long life or, you know, I've seen really horrible cancers dismember people. It's wild and not in a pleasant way. At the end, we all got to pay. Like at some point, you got to drop this thing. It's just like, how do you do it? Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Do you do it gracefully or do it with like fighting? Yeah. And then it's important to have fun. Like this is another thing that we don't talk about on this level. Like keep it light too. Like there's a part of this process of dark night or soul. It's not going to be light. That's like being in Rikers Island. Like, it's not going to be light. It's not going to Rikers. They're like, yeah, man, make it light. You're like, oh, dude, I'm getting shit kicked out of myself. I'm getting make like, so, yeah, make it light. Just be light. Just, it's just like, nah, food ain't light. Feeding time isn't light. Exercise, like showers are certainly not light. Like, none of this shit is light. This is fucking fear. Yeah, that's a part of it. Yeah. But at some point when you get released out of that program, the joy thing. So let me ask you two, where is the joy for you two? Like, what's the thing that's joyful that's got nothing to do with making money, paying your bills, taking care of your friends, family, whatever? Um, my big thing right now is I get, I'm super psyched when I draw and paint skeletons. I love it. <laughs> I know. That's, it's this thing I've been it. doing. <laughs> that's amazing. But that's shadow work, right? Oh. I mean, that's, that's the thing. That, the thing about that kind of artwork is shadow work. Yeah. I mean, that's really wonderful. Thank you. That's, that's like yeah, it's, a nice, it's been very nice to do. Well, it's also great, right? Because it doesn't fit into what the culture wants. It's not, you're, you're not being quote unquote productive. That's also really powerful. Yeah. It's one thing that we've really forgotten in this culture. Like that's huge for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's really, really awesome. Yeah. Um, what about you, Jeremiah? <laughs> Putting me on the spot. Um, <laughs> it's a good question. Uh, and and I I'm glad you brought it up because I I wanted to talk a little bit about it. I know you 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 bring it up a lot in terms of like inner child stuff and yes. um, mm. uh, that was a huge piece of the puzzle that I uh, was not aware about until um, you know a few years ago. But 
uh, yeah, bringing that child into the conversation. So uh, it, it's interesting, you know, I right now it's it's actually not a clear answer for me. Mm -hmm. um, okay. This sounds maybe like a cop out or weird, but honestly, like I'm finding so much joy from meditating mm -hmm. and like just being quiet. Um, no, that's beautiful. Yeah. That, not at all. That's not a cop out and not weird. I mean, that's that's it. That's awesome. I mean, I know that feeling. That's beautiful. It doesn't have to be necessary. Like, that's a creative process. Yeah, because I, I think it used to be, you know, it used to be a, a, all sorts of creative things. If it was music mm -hmm. or movies or TV. Mm -hmm. But I find now with the culture just, like, bombarding you with so mm -hmm. much shit mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. it's just I don't even want to start sometimes. And so mm -hmm. it's just nice to, like, literally not even. Yeah. And I, I love it. <laughs> it's... It's good and no one does it. I mean, again, the thing that I love about that, that it's not productive. Like one of the things in this culture yeah. is like when you're productive, everyone like loves it. But when you're not quote unquote productive, I mean, obviously it's productive, but you know what I mean? It's like mm. so powerful yeah. when you're doing something like that for its own sake. And that's one of the things about such a hyper market driven culture like ours. These things are really, really now falling by the wayside. And part of it is just the force of the marketplace. Everyone's got to work 24-7 to make ends meet because everything is so expensive. Like, it's survival. But there's a big difference between surviving and living. Yeah. Like, what you're doing with your meditation, you're living. That's not survival. What you're doing with your drawing of skeletons, Selena, is you're living. You're not surviving. Right? No, seriously. Yeah, it's I like, know. It just sounds so so funny. What's your skeleton interesting... drawing? Yeah, but so many cultures do that. I mean, again, when I was a kid in Africa, Nigeria, you know, like I still have these masks. Like making these frightening masks was part of it. I mean, that's how the shadow gets worked into it. Uh, Where's our shadow in this culture? Some lame Hollywood movie, you know, train wreck 19 with like this actor pointing <laughs> a gun at that person. It's like the same fucking story over and over. And like, yeah, we need this stuff. Like we need WWF, the, well, you know, yeah. wrestling. It's funny we, you're... We, we, Sorry to, to go ahead. Not at all. The other thing I was going to say was, was sometimes the other thing that I really enjoyed doing is now, like you know, theaters are a lot of theaters are like dine in and you can like get a drink yes. or like whatever. So now I'll like take my kid out to like a matinee mm. and like get like so a like an ice cream shake. Oh, you know, <laughs> just like and watch like amazing. the dumbest fucking movie. Like literally on Thursday, I saw um, *Zombieland 2* and was just like, <laughs> "I'm happy," you know. So like, <laughs> yeah, but that's awesome though. But that's awesome. See, that's the other thing. I feel like, especially in a place like New York, you know, we can become intellectual snobs. So yeah. we don't work with that part of culture. Like, yeah. there's something to be said for that aspect because a little boy in you loves that. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like not always has to be highbrow stuff. Yes. Yeah. So there's something really powerful with that. And that's far from being dumb. And not to mention for your child, that's going to be like a, something that they will remember forever because that's such a bonding experience where like you're actually taking time out of like routine <sighs> things, really powerful things that people also don't do with kids. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah, we feast on this stuff. That stuff feeds a child so much because that two hours for a child is like 10 hours of an adult time, right? Their sense of time is so different to... Have their oh, really dad beautiful. with them. That's beautiful, man. Yeah. That's beautiful. I, I love that, the, the concept of time with a child. Yeah, it is, it's so, so true. It's so different. They, yeah. they, they really function at a different level. So for us, as you get older, it's just shit really moves fast. Like when you're at that age, it's like a thing. It's like a feast and yeah. the flavors and oh. the taste. I mean, it's like beautiful, man. I'm, oh. 
kids lucky to have you, man. That's a beautiful thing. I mean, we had more parents like you, it'd be a lot less fucked up people, that's for sure. Because working on it. <laughs> well, you know, that first seven years, man, all the imprint. You know what I mean? That imprint yeah. is like third degree burns when it's not correct, and it's like beautiful gold inlay when it is. You know, it's the imprint thing is really huge, and that's again another thing you're asking about before Celine. Like, what do we do for this world? Is truly, truly, truly live it. Mm. Live as honestly as you can. It, it, man, it just shit just permeates. Yeah, it's just like being an asshole permeates because you're so miserable and you like hate everything in your life. That also affects everything around you adversely. Mm-hmm. Being in that mode of having a little bit of relationship with yourself, like yeah, it scares some people. Some people are really attracted to it because it gives them permission. You know, people really want to know. I mean, they're yeah. starving. That's another thing. Like nothing scratching the itch. Mm. Yeah, and of course these pharmaceutical, pharmaceutical companies are responsible. And these drugs are, you know, so addictive, but but it's not just that. We don't want to make room for the fact that there is nowhere to eat on a soul level. That's what we're dying. Mm. Like you can only shop so much, fuck so much, judge so much, consume so much. I mean, those things are wonderful. At some point, you need that connection with self. Really, really, really. You know, it's like not having oxygen on your spacesuit. You can see the most beautiful view. You're going to die in that suit at some point. Yeah. yeah. Go, go back to narcissist. You know, he died starving. He died starving because he was just staring at the image. He wasn't in relationship. But yeah, but we all know, you know, being in a relationship, relationships are messy and they're a pain in the ass. And for like one minute of goodness, you got 59 minutes, I'm going to stab this motherfucker <laughs> in the head with a knife. Put the gun down. Like, you know, it's like, you know, like that's the reality of it, as sexy as it is for the first six months. And it's like, oh, boy, we got to roll these sleeves up now? Yes. Oh, man, here we go. Yeah. But that's the aliveness, right? It's like not retreating although that might be some people's past for the rest of us that interaction thing is also a part of it yeah mm. but, but to do it honestly right just be like yeah i know i've said this for 10 years i actually can't do this anymore yeah. i know that was the original agreement i said this actually i need you to share in this uh. and i was really hiding here I, I said i really enjoy this i actually hate it i was just doing this because you know this is what worked for my parents i need something different that's another thing with the waking up process it scares the hell out of people. They're going like, whoa, whoa, whoa. How are you changing this in the middle? The agreement was you're going to do this and this and this. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. No. That reminded yeah. me of like one of my favorite passages in your book um, is the concept of and uh, your your relationship with your family. Uh, mm-hmm. you, you talk about it in that, but the, the image of the four walls and yes. how as you shift – Yes. You know, your wall, the whole structure shifts. Mm. That was yes. just such an amazing image. Mm. And um, and your story, like your personal story was just just so grateful for you to share that. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Um, I mean, that, sh- yeah. That, shif- that shifting thing is huge, right? Like, you know that in your own life. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you shifting shifts everything around you. But also remember, like, your kid has signed on the dotted line to be with you as you shift, because one of the things about this shifting is this is something that's so real about this shamanic stuff. You know, I come from a science background, so when I started the shamanic stuff, even though I was awake, some of the stuff would sound a little kind of like, eh, to my like scientific mind doesn't quite make sense. Mm. This shit is real, man. We carry seven to nine generations back, if not more, of unresolved issues, these vasanas that we talk about. So when you do the healing that you're doing, your kid isn't going to have to carry that. That's a real thing. Mm. That is more important than any fucking college fund you have for him or I don't care, whatever kind of parenting you do. That is the biggest gift because he comes out of there without spiritual debt. Yeah. Yeah. Or instead of having $2 million of spiritual debt, 50 grand. Yeah, 50 grand you can pay off. $2 million, 
yeah, there's a reason they've opened the debtor's prison again. <laughs> they know they're going to make some money off of that. So that's the part that's so, so powerful. Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then thank you for saying that to me about sharing the story. The sharing the story in that book was so healing for me because I had to start part of my childhood wounding was to have this idealized self. Now, idealized self was like I had woken up. I was really good psychic. I was a really good clinician. Just something I was gifted at so I could do cool stuff. So people treated, treating me a certain way, started treating me a certain way. And then I started acting like that. And I started healing like at 21 years of age. I mean, I was like dealing with people dying in my early 20s. So I was way older. So one thing great about the book was just been like, here's all these fucking ugly shit that I've tried to hide. Mm. And like what you got from me, like the reason I can sit with you is because I've been through it. I mean, this is what I always say. Mm. Being, you know, broken relationships, got that covered. Addiction, got that covered. Being full of shit and lying, got that covered. What do you got? Like, there's nothing to tell me. I'm just like, yeah, dude, I've done that. Doesn't work. I know you feel that. I know. Like violence. Yeah, cool. Doesn't work. <laughs> Things being so scared. You know what I mean? People are like, oh, that's so cool. You have six black belts. It's like, um, yeah, it's kind of cool. Usually someone who gets six or seven. Just saying. Now, that cool enough is like, awesome to do martial arts. I'm not saying that, but we all hide. So the thing that I also say to people, like you don't need to go write a book and put all your laundry out in the open, but certainly not hiding and saying stuff. How you doing? I feel like shit today. Not like great. Not like, what? how are you doing? I'm really anxious today. It'll freak the fuck out of someone. I'm not saying you need to say that to the bus driver. But certainly when someone asks that question and they got a little bit of room of actually giving a shit of what you got to say, don't say I'm fine. Yeah. Like for you, Celine, when you go, like, what do I change? Just start with that. Not right. your patients. Your patients, they have to hear you're fine because that's not their job. But right? I'm sure yeah. you got that covered. Like, you know, you know, those healers. They like talk for 20 minutes. You're like, mm. yeah, I thought this was my session, but um, you want to pay me now? Um, but certainly if like, you know, yeah. Jeremiah I ask you, just like, yeah, man, I don't want to talk to this asshole today. I'm really tired. I didn't sleep. I'm really tired. Like, yeah, I'm interested. But like, I don't really have any me today, but we'll do it. Like literally that honesty, it's so powerful. Yeah. It's yeah. so powerful and liberating. And none of us do it. And it's not because we're assholes. It's because we've been trained with this default setting answer. Mm. It's all good. Mm. And then you kind of realize that part of you that's not all good. You're not fine. It's so stressed. Right? So, again, this level of self-honesty is so potent for self. And, yes, most people don't want to know how you're doing. It's a bad answer. It's just a cool experience. Just a cool thing just to try out. I love that. And, yeah. So and, you know, much. They'll probably just go on anyway. Yeah, they don't you know care. What I mean? Anyway, let me tell you about my new socks that I got. These are awesome <laughs> silk. They're like, yeah, okay, but you did the practice. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm like, I just came up with this esoteric thing. It's really hard to be back in New York. Boulder with that altitude and beauty and just so charged. And you come back, and I'm just like, yeah, so I'm having a hard time reentry. And I mean, or like, I really miss New York. It's great to be back. Just not fine. Right. Hmm. Let me ask you this, I'm not putting you on the spot or anything. What's next for you guys? Do you have an immediate answer? No, but I can just start talking. Sure. <laughs> Being a Gemini and all. Um, <laughs> Gemini. <laughs> Uh, what's next? Oh, yeah, makes sense. It's a good comment. Go ahead. Oh, I'm yeah. a triple Capricorn. I got a, I got a lot of air. Yeah, we, we balance each other very well. That's perfect. Yeah, Celine's triple cap. 
totally makes sense the line of questioning both of you too and it totally makes sense thanks for that little clarity <laughs> um, so go ahead uh, yeah uh i mean you know i've been really enjoying the podcast we're going to keep this going oh. no mm. doubt mm. um i have been working on music my whole life and always feel like i'm getting better so i just want to keep doing that mm-hmm. um and Jeez, I don't know. I love I mean, those answers. Yeah. They are good. Maybe that's enough. Are good answers. Yeah. Yeah. I am, I think, well, you? professionally, I'm moving forward. I'm going to be bold. I'm going to take the leap. I'm going to start hmm. practicing a little bit more the way I think would make more sense for me. That was mm. very vague. I'm basically just going to try to do more, you know, energetic, esoteric type healings. But I also know that that's not for everybody. And it just really fits into everything you were talking about already. You know, like people don't really want to face what they need to change. But Mm -hmm. I do really, I kind of feel like I can Mm -hmm. attract those people. So Mm -hmm. make an intention. Yeah. Make an intention. It'll have, I actually went through that. It'll happen. But make an intention. You yeah. literally sit down. You ask just with your mind. Yeah. Sit down for 10 days, do a ceremony. Like, I want people. That's what I did. I was like, I want people that want to wake up. Mm. So after 10 whatever years of working, I realized, like, I couldn't do this. I'm a good body worker, but I wanted to do this work, like mm. what I'm doing now. Yeah. And it was just setting an intention. Like, within six months, it changed. I just my intention was, like, I telling the universe, which is your own self, but making a conscious volitional decision. Because remember, this is not you having had this. It's an aspect of you that was preset to be awakened at this time as the planet's waking up because people need that. So going back to our talk before, if someone's afraid, if you were afraid, you wouldn't do that. A, you would start feeling worse. Your practice would start dying anyway because you're not doing what you need to be doing. To listen to these things and take that jump before the universe starts doing it for you, it happens so much quicker, so much more gently. So you just make an intention. Intention is literally like conscious intent. Yeah. You know, literally write it down so it's clear. I want people like me who come here who want to work, who want to really do the spiritual work. Yeah. Literally, it'll change. And your people who don't want to do that kind of work, there'll be other people they'll find. But there are people waiting for someone like you, haven't done the practice and learning, who's not just going to wing it to come to, right? And that's happening to a lot of people right now, by the way. So again, to your listeners, if they're having these kinds of issues, like, yeah, I work in the corporate world, I'm really getting to be a healer, or like, I'm a healer, I need to go to the corporate world. Make an intention. We don't need to figure this stuff out. All we do is like, I hear you, I hear you, I hear you in your voice. I will take this one step. I'll go to Boulder and take a class, right? Not, not too dangerous. You're not like quitting your practice. Now I'm going to set an intention, Yeah. right? But with Jeremiah, with you, like, yeah, I was really burnt on this because I did it for so long from such a young age. Now I'm going to open up to it. The things I know, I know. This podcast, I know. Me and Celine are going to be doing this because that I know 100%. Great. You know something. <laughs> Music stuff, maybe I'm not as clear, but I actually feel I want to do that. Now, great. That opened the door. Mm. A lot of the times in these times of change, it's easy to be overwhelmed because we're trying to figure things out. This is what I was saying before about the divine mother as opposed to patriarchy. The divine mother reveals herself moment to moment. Mm-hmm. Hard for that's a very addictive culture to wrap its head around because yeah. this culture wants to know what it's going to eat for Christmas in 2020. Yeah, you know, what I mean, it wants to know like the next holy holidays are they going to be in Israel or are they going to be in New York City? They don't like just like forget, they don't care, they're just like now, 
Like, I'm just going to tell you what you're going to eat for lunch. You're like, but I need to know 2020. You're like, um, no, lunch. Yep. So the addict, anxious part of us is like, are you crazy? This, that's why we negate it. This is crazy. I'm just going to go 2020. I'm going to be in Paris for Christmas. It's going to be amazing. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. Calm down there. So this slowing down piece, which is why you love sitting in your meditations, not Jeremiah, mm. will give you that peace. Yeah. Right? And it'll get revealed. So again, it's just like the way you said it, Celine, is really beautiful. It's like, yes, it's good. It's okay to be. It's like, I, I want to do this. It's a little scary. No, no, I'm going to do it. Oh, but sometimes I get scared and you wake up three in the morning I'm like, oh, fuck, am I crazy? I mean, I got a good get going here. Love my patience. What the fuck am I doing? Right. Not that you're doing that. Although I know you are. Not that you're doing that. Um, it really. I know you are. I totally felt that. Um, so it just. But no one will hear us whisper. No, so it, no it, one it, knows. No one will know. Because no um, everyone's going through this right now. See, so like I'm telling you, like. Bunch of your listeners will listen to this be like, oh, my God, that's what I'm going through. That's definitely something that's happening now. Yeah. So, you know, I just changed my practice recently. I'm just doing phone sessions and after 30, whatever, five years of doing body work. So I, I talk to people from all around the world three days a week. Wow. And same conversation. Because what I did, which is like change, is like I really didn't want it. I love my practice. I love my patience. It was very difficult for me. But my inner voice was like, you need to go in the middle of the woods not giving you any time, like, you need to do that and change your practice. And I'm like, wait, I love my work. I love New York City. It's my home. They're like, nah, it doesn't matter. You're doing this. I'm old enough to realize, like, if I don't listen to that, it's going to blow up in my face. So sort of hesitant, like, uh, okay, right? And I literally, like, stop a practice overnight in a couple of months of something I've done for a long, long time that I love, that I adore, that feeds me well in my heart, in my pocket, but do this. Like, I couldn't even imagine the joy that I'm having these last three, four months mm. and able to reach people that I couldn't reach. Now, there's a sacrifice, right? Of course, I miss my patients. I mean, I'm like third generation with some of these people. I love them. They're like my family. Yeah. Mm. So it's not like there's not an element of sacrifice when a soul calls. It is sacrifice, right? I miss them. They miss me. There's a connection. But the other part is the soul saying, like, this is your work, man. You sign on a dotted line somewhere. At this stage, you're going to do service this way. Mm. You're going to do this or not. And that's what's happening to both of you. But that's also what's happening to a lot of people. And when I say a lot of people, like literally I talk to like three continents every week. Easy. And people like twice my age, which is hard to do, and people like half my age, easy to do. They're going to the same thing. The people 40 years married, like, I don't know. Like, I don't even like, I actually think I might be gay. Beautiful, man. How courageous of you to look at that. Right? We're being called. It might be little things. It might be big things. But we all have to answer this right now. And the function is just to be more joyous. It really does bring the joy piece. But it's not to say that it's not going to be scary, anxiety-producing, crazy-making. Yeah. You know, the Celine, like for you, it's just like, well, how am I going to go find people who want esoteric work? That's the whole point. You don't need to. You just say yes to the universe. Yeah. This is where the new agey stuff actually is real. It's just not real the way most people do it. It's not that kind of like wishy-washy thing you got to put the footwork in mm -hmm. yeah. you know mm -hmm. oh lord please buy me a mercedes benz like that was the original like making fun of oprah you know what i mean it's like making fun of that whole world that song so it's not like that it's a matter of like doing the footwork being like oh i'm hearing now something i mean people don't realize what a blessing it is when you hear that voice they just see the negative like oh my god i can't believe i'm getting this thing it's like whoa, whoa, whoa forget about that you just not got communication channels open to the mothership. 
How mm. cool is that? Yeah. All your problems are because you're not communicating or not listening or not turning on the CB radio. Like you're just running blind. Mm. Like once in a while you hit something, most of the time you'll be crashing into things. Once you turn that on, you just show up. The next direction will come. Go to Boulder. Next direction will come. Stop treating these patients. Next direction will come. Stop working here and go here. Go to Maya Rosa and give two talks about esoteric healing. Next thing, three people come in. You rock them and totally knock their socks off and they're so much happier, 10 of their friends come in. It's just like that. Yeah. But it's not like 10 of their friends are going to come in from when you got the equation, like you just need to change your practice a bit. No. There's many, many steps. Each one is going to be guided in the moment. Right, the triple cap is going like. Fuck I know. You. Oh my god! You're literally. Today, I, I can't believe you literally read her face. I mean, <laughs> oh, I that was bananas. So I'm such a little like Capricorn, but you're right. I know. I just gotta like do it. Clinically, I got over here. So, so we manifest, incarnate into these bodies with very specific, with these very specific signs, which are archetypes, because of what we need to experience. Mm. Yeah. Right, so Pisces like me, who's like leaning towards Aries, I have that fire, but I got that warm water. I can be in that kind of intuitive. I'll have a different experience. Then my anxiety will manifest differently. Mm. My Gemini Libra brother, there will have a different experience. He can kind of split himself when he needs to, but he can also be amazingly direct and pay attention to Libra part and balance things out. Like these archetypes yeah. for you, the triple, they're very interesting. So I used to work. In the beginning of my uh, career, when I was like working with a lot of AIDS patients, I realized like I'm just going to commit suicide. It's so painful. So I started working with delivering babies with doulas and wow. OBGYNs. And, wow. and it was really interesting. It took a couple of years to get like these kids, these infants before they were born. They literally like you could tell like they were holding on to come at a specific time. Or they would come out in a rush so fast to be a specific time. At first of all, I was like, this is interesting. I could feel something is up. Wow. And I was like, wow, that's what that is. That's what it is. And sometimes I actually get that with people's deaths too, not always. That's not as clear to me. Although I've seen sometimes they're going to leave at a very specific entrance of a time. Huh. But certainly with this coming in, like literally people getting Pitocin and the kids like hanging in there. And it'll boom, it'll come at a time. You're like, holy shit, this little bugger needed to be here exactly at this time. Mm. Because he or she will get very, uh, very specific archetypical qualities that will be part of their mission and experience here. It's very interesting, that stuff. Again, this is stuff like, okay, that and six bucks will buy a nasty cup of coffee. <laughs> but it is interesting when you see it. It kind of makes you realize, just like you were getting Celine with your instructions or you were Jeremiah with yours, like we're actually held in some weird way. Yeah. Even in the midst of the ugliness. Yeah. I mean, I'm still going to hit by a car, but I'm actually held. You're like, how the fuck does that work? Man, it's actually like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I think it's it's confusing for people. They're like, well, no, I got hit by a car. That's like just bad. And it's like, well, no. you know. No. It's all, again, there is a file called shit happens. <laughs> and it feels like that. And it's like, you know, it's retrograde. So things are like, this is a retrograde thing. Everyone hates retrogrades. Well, the function of them is to do what this culture doesn't want to do, which is slow the fuck down, shut the fuck up, go inside. It's a functional retrograde. So like, oh my God, this broke. The computer broke. Oh, no, no, no. the trains are late. Yeah, because you're supposed to go inside. That's their gift. That's their function. Like, I don't believe in them. Okay, don't believe. Them. I don't care if you believe in them. I don't, it's not a matter of believing. It's a matter. Of, I don't believe in the fall. It's like my upstate New York right now. It's 30 degrees outside and it's gloomy. I, I cannot believe in it. It's like it's what it is. Yeah. It doesn't mean I don't go out. It just means I put on thicker socks, thicker jacket, 
a bigger, you know, thicker helmet with a bigger sock underneath, and then go wreck around in the woods. It doesn't mean I don't go out, but I don't act like it's summer. I don't go out in a t-shirt. Like, right, it's just that's the thing with these energies. Mm. We don't want to compensate. The ego wants to wear t-shirts all year long because it wants to believe it's summer all year long. Good luck with that. <laughs> so that's why LA is so fucked up. Nice. Sorry, I just That's what to... we're doing with our personality. <laughs> <laughs> I had to throw that in there. <laughs> Can I ask you a question? It's actually quick. Please do. What Go do ahead. you do for like your your joy and your fun? Oh my god. I am I love joy and fun. So for me, when I was a kid, the thing that saved me, because again, my dad worked for UNICEF. I lived in all these countries, I was around a lot of suffering, you know. My mom was like bipolar. There was a lot of like issues going on and my dad was absent a lot. So I discovered motorcycles when I was 11 years old. Wow. And I started working on them. So, like, I have a love affair with motorcycles, cars too, but just like that's kind of cost prohibitive. Motorcycles, you can pick old stuff up and just make them into cool things. So, I have like a whole menagerie of bikes. So, I have like a garage that basically I spent hours in just getting lost. So, that's one of them. And I love them. And I ride street bikes and dirt bikes. I just love, love, love them. Even though I'm getting to a point pushing an age, my body still can do what I do. That's one thing. The other thing, like you, I make collages. And a lot of times there's actually skeletons and skulls and all kinds of death Whoa. stuff. People are, but it's like, it's very powerful. I find the unconscious speaks really loudly towards them. So making art's been a thing for me for a long time. Mm. So I don't have the talent of someone who can paint or draw, but collages is something I learned at a young age. It's like, oh, people don't have that, that talent, they can do that. Yeah. So those are two things that's like a pretty much of a daily thing for me. I like and then, them. yeah, it's just like the art thing is really big. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I love music. I play music. I have a huge record collection. I listen to music from around. Like, I, that stuff, the music thing is also huge. I find the beats, like a lot of African drumming, like it drops you in your body, mm. like in yep. a way that things don't. You know what I mean? <laughs> and even like people are like, oh, you know, what a poser. You got a record collection. No, the record thing is so important. Yes, the sound of his electronic shit so much better. I love the fact of actually putting on a record. Sit my ass down, having 20 minutes, 23 minutes, 24 minutes, and then having to get back up to make a commitment to be in the moment, flip the damn thing around and sit and listen to it again. Mm -hmm. It's such a different experience meditative-wise because I have a huge CD collection. I can throw shit in. I kind of go off on automatic in some weird way unless I'm really, really present. There's something about the record thing that actually is forced meditation because you, you got to have an interaction with the damn thing. You can't just put it on and then 600 songs play. Yeah. It's like you're listening to that one thing, and then like, is it this side, that side? You know which song is where. It's so interesting tactile-wise. Mm. So yeah. I would say those are the three things. Okay. Yeah. Cool. What's your favorite color? Me? <laughs> Just kidding. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I had to throw that like little, little, little valley talk in there. Um, <laughs> anything else you guys want to cover? I don't know. No? Yes? I mean... Maybe? I was going to ask about, you know, just your background, but I, I feel like you, you've, you've interspersed the whole conversation with it. So it's, I think it's superfluous at this point. Yeah. Um, I mean, the one thing I would say that's different for me than most people is I was raised all around the world because of my dad's work, my father's work, we working for the UN. So I lived in all these countries and different continents, you know, four years here, four years there in Nigeria, Pakistan, India, Afghanistan, England for a short while, and then New York. Um, I didn't get hypnotized to the national identity thing. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? Like I don't like I'm American, but like I love the people of this country. I never like love a country. I love the geography of a country and I love its people. But the nationalism thing never worked into it for me because I've just seen people do crazy things with that. And I'm seeing it here, too. Mm. So I would say the biggest thing in my background was besides the love of that, we're all the same because everyone's really the same. But I didn't get hypnotized with that nationalistic piece, which like it's amazing. I mean, I'm sure you guys, you guys are like very awake and this and that. But mm. it's sort of like what uh, the author Marquez used to say. I mean, nationalism is the biggest curse because it really keeps that hypnosis in and doesn't allow us to go outside. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. The thing in my background was not being over identified with one culture. It's just realizing we're all the same black, brown, green, orange, yellow, Mars. It's like all the same thing, which sometimes we can miss. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's an amazing background mm. to have. Mm. Yeah. I know that, that part is a blessing. The mm. shitty part of it is like I got to live in a lot of places where people are dying and starving and civil wars and seeing the cruelty of humanity and what people are capable to do to their fellow brethren. That, that part's not pleasant, but that's the nature of this realm too. That's what the unconscious does. Yeah. Yeah. But the I think that's a fair, fair, fair balance. Yeah. Light and dark. Light and dark. Light and dark. Light and dark. There you go. There we go. That's a, that's a, that's a nice, that's a nice closure right there. Yeah. Light and dark and everything in between. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the next book? <laughs> that's a, the next book is this healing one actually it's um literally like i've been getting so many people are getting called to be healed it's really short it's like a i don't know it's gonna be like probably 30 40 pages but just these observations i've had as a clinician of just specific things you know what you got to work with setting intentions clearing your space sitting with the names of your patients before you treat them sitting with the names afterwards and releasing them how to clear your space using you know tibetan bells you know just simple things that might sound simple, but things that I've been doing for a while, and I kind of realized like a lot of people that I trained weren't doing them. So it's just a little something simple for someone who hasn't gone through a four-year PhD program or a four-year acupuncture program or whatever. They can just do that thing and be aware of boundaries, transference, counter-transference, things that are just, and they're simple. It's not like a heavy book, but things that I kind of would have made my life easier because I kind of came up the old school way of interning. So I didn't learn about this stuff till 20 years into doing the kind of work when I started doing real psychological studying psychology, um, stuff that a lot of like energy workers, healers, you know, a lot of shamans, shamans especially, they don't get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we're a very Western culture and we import a lot of these Eastern techniques or Asian techniques or, you know, uh, South American techniques without realizing those cultures are way more community based. Or used to be when these when these uh, traditions came from, and we're very egoic based. We're hyper individualized. Yeah, yeah. So there's aspects. You, pardon? That's amazing. That book sounds amazing. <laughs> it's it's. It'll be, I mean, literally, it's like a book. I mean, it's, it's like a very short thing, but it'll be helpful for people who don't like you. You're a trained clinician, so you understand this. You know, you've done ethics. You've done these things. Like people who go yeah. and do these, they're amazing healers. They don't have that understanding, and they can make a mess out of things. Mm. You know I mean? Just like if you're going to be friends with a patient, you have to have these awarenesses. Like, how do you change that cl- clinical um, relationship into a friendship? You know, or if you have an attraction, like shit happens. Like, how do you make sure you're not bastardizing it? You know, mm-hmm. how do you deal with that stuff? There's very simple things to pay attention to, um, just to kind of put it out there for people. Cool. That's so, going to yeah. be a phenomenal resource. Yeah. Uh, you, you guys are being really sweet. No, look I at would the, be, I'd love that it. sounds amazing, yeah. Well, when it, when it comes, I'm just going to have it. Actually, this one will be just uh, online. I won't okay. go through the nightmare printing it, but I'll send you both a copy when it's oh. done. It'll be done in the next couple of months. Thank 
Thank you. You're welcome. That's exciting. Yeah. I'm glad you guys are doing this thing. I'm glad. Do your thing. People need to hear. People need to have a place that's safe, that's community. You know, people just need to know that it's okay not to have the answers. People need to know that it's okay. We're all freaking out and we have each other's backs. <laughs> we have each other's backs. You know, we'll find yeah. each other. We will. Yeah. Thank you so much, Abdi. Oh, my gosh. Thank uh, so you. My what, what a pleasure. A thank you. No, thank you so much for wanting to talk and just enjoy talking to you and enjoy hearing your stories and keep on keeping on, man. We all got a part in this little end of the game, yeah. <laughs> as it seems on some levels, and started a new one. Mm. We've got to close the old chapters before we open a new one. And we all got our roles, so I'm happier they're doing yours. Thank you. Thank you. Same to you. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Don't let anybody else hear you. <laughs> okay. I won't say anything. Okay. <laughs> Have a great rest of your day, guys. Send okay. you lots of love. Lots you too. Of love. Much Thanks love. Thanks so much. Thank you so much. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Well, that was the end of the two-parter with Abdi Asadi. Yep. Um, we plugged them in the last one. We're going to plug them in again in this one. Yep. Abdiasadi.com. A-B-D-I-A-S-S-A-D-I.com. Check out it. Check out his book, Shadows on the Path. Check out his podcast. Go to his website if you want to talk to him. Do uh, it. You can contact him through his website. Um, he's unbelievable. You clearly know that because you listen to over two hours of us talking, and <laughs> he's just like a magic man. Um, he's very much a magic man. Yeah. Do you want to like reflect Should we at all? say stuff yeah, about it? Yeah, let's reflect a little bit. I mean, you know, I... Here's some news. These are some things. Yeah. I came into the session today like so flustered. I was like really out of my body. Just like meh, annoying. Yeah. And she's not exaggerating. No, I'm not. And I went through like a myriad of emotions during our two hour phone phone conversation. Yeah. Which went from like resistant to like floored to then like really in the flow and it was a very oh, interesting man. process it's i so know awesome. it was really cool because i didn't um know what to expect i haven't had a session with him yeah. i did read the book which i was like yes please but you know he is um an intuitive and yeah. i mean psychic clearly people could Probably get, yeah, clearly. Get but like the things of how he was speaking when we were just talking about personal stuff or just like, you know, energy stuff. And then I would react and I wouldn't say anything. And then he would say what I was thinking. I was like, hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I see you. <laughs> so, no, he sees you. He sees me. And he actually, it was like perfect. It gave me just what I needed. That's awesome. And it was just a little brief, little dipping the toad. I was like, thank you. Yeah. So thank you, Abdi. Yeah, thank you so much, Abdi. That was wonderful. I mean, there were so many points in that conversation. He touched on so many things. So much. Where my my head was at, like at certain points, like yeah. not just now, but like in the past few days mm. where he would like say something and I was like, what the fuck? Like I was literally thinking that like two days ago or like I was literally experiencing that like a couple of days ago. So yeah. Um, and, oh, by the way, I am fine. 
Um, oh, yeah. I, we reveal that, you know, I, I actually did get hit by a car um, after talking with Abdi at the end of that day, which was bananas. Um, but I'm okay. Um, just want to reassure everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Celine, you kind of came in like, you were like, uh, I don't. I wasn't, and he you, said it in the in the conversation. He what, like, like called me out on how I was. When, I don't even know if you got that. Oh, There's like a point oh, okay. where he like is like, can you come in flustered and you don't want to have this conversation with oh. this guy? And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> like it wasn't to that extent, but I was just like, I wasn't in the space that I wanted to do. The, this was how It wasn't how I envisioned myself having this conversation yeah. coming in. That and, wasn't how I wanted it to right. be. <laughs> and you came in that way and I was like, well, maybe we'll like ask Abdi to do a grounding meditation mm-hmm. that he just did it. I know. I was like, yep. <laughs> he just did it. He was like, this woman needs to cool it. Yeah. It was wild. Yeah, it was great. Um, he, he does a lot with embodiment and it's really nice. Yeah. I loved when we talked about our astrology signs, and he was like, that makes sense for the questions you were asking. I, I know. We totally should have. We should have started with that, but. You know. We just went off. Anyway, I think, you know, if you could get a session with him, it would be fantastic. Yeah. To everyone listening. Yeah. I mean, if you listened, you can tell. Um, yeah. He's, he's just an amazing person. You know what's interesting? My final point is, you know, I did the esoteric thing a couple weeks ago, yeah. and that Dr. Sankey it seems like there's this common thread happening where intuitive healers, et cetera, who are like teaching are really anti-social media. Like, because Mm. Abdi talked a lot about it and how it's like destructive, Mm. which it is. But then it was also reiterated to me um, two weeks ago. So it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I think with all this stuff, I mean, he said it himself. It's like, everyone has their own path. Mm-hmm. Everyone has their own balance. Yeah. But it's balance, right? Like he said, I'm not a Philistine. Like uh, he has an Instagram account. Go go follow him. He rides motorcycles. Yeah. He's, he's modern. I mean, he has a podcast. Well, it's no, not like, I love that. But, but again, it's like, like he said, it's like after five minutes, 10 minutes of watching like motorcycles and like, you know, yeah, martial artists, done. it's like, what, do you what are you doing? Yeah. You know, like at a certain point. It's, it's, it's enough, you know, yeah. and I think it's just finding that balance for everyone and, and being, and like you said, being conscious of it, like mm-hmm. really being conscious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for sure. Cause otherwise you're, you're a slave to the thing. Right. Right. Like right. that's, that's where totally. the freedom versus slavery part comes to it, comes into it. But, um, that was a ride. It was a ride. We went on a ride. We went on a, we, he took us on a motorcycle ride. Yeah. <laughs> a spiritual motorcycle ride. I hope, I want to hang out with him. Me too. Right? I want to go upstate Maybe and like look at flowers. Yeah. We can look at animal carcasses together. Oh, my God. And we could draw skeletons together. That was so awesome. Yeah. Um, um, well, we hope uh, yeah. everyone enjoyed it. And um, it kind of brings you into the new year with um, some new energy, some new insights, some new openings. Yeah. Some... Uh, expansiveness um and yeah please let us know uh what you thought Mm. dm us on instagram um you can comment on the post uh follow us on twitter and all that stuff talking about social media (laughs) um 
and uh, check out our Patreon page, <laughs> patreon.com slash as woo as you want. <laughs> and uh, we love you. And yes. um, stay, w- yes, stay warm. Stay warm in the tundra. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Bye.